friends and family It's all about sharing a feast and cheers It's always been happy cause the children are dear It's all about peace every time of the year If only I could see your face again Behind the screen at the other end. If only we could party, kick back your boots, just let me. It's all about the family. It's all about TNC. What? It's all about the family. Don't fret, don't sweat. You know what it is, cause you know and I know we'll be together again. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms the community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavite, Philippines. You're watching Stories from the Fringe. It's 24 days before Christmas, and as you have seen earlier, 
uh, we have our Christmas Together 2.0. Christmas is best celebrated with family, friends, and loved ones, making memories together, memories that will last us a lifetime. For those who are tuning in for the first time, Stories from the Fringe aims to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We are committed to creating a world where individual differences like gender, class, ability, and many others are not only seen and understood, but also celebrated. We can all be a part of this collective vision. Now, for um, in order to make the most of our time together, we recommend that you turn off all distractions, prepare to take mental notes, and just be fully focused and engaged. We have a very special episode today. In the spirit of giving, 15 speakers from different continents and different time zones gathered in a virtual summit organized by Check for Check last November 29, 2022. The program officially opened with a brief message from Check for Check's founder and principal consultant, Melvin Phillips. The keynote speech by Avid Hussain, an award-winning creative leader and executive producer of Creatives 2, followed next. He underscored the importance of storytelling in all business conversations. Likewise, Toby Nagy posed the question, are entrepreneurs born or made? Another noteworthy speaker, uh, the economist entrepreneur Barth Remis, provided an overview of the 20 mental models to make entrepreneurs master economics. And the panel discussion aligning education to the future of work moderated by Tudi San Pedro, the managing partner of the Paseo Group, included the panelists, Anthony Philip Robles, the co-founder and president of First Services, Gunther Wallendorf, the chief vision officer of the New Nation Education, and of course, Toby Nagy, the founder of BCF Coaching Academy, and Bart Remis, Managing Director, Economics in Action. Let's see some of the highlights of the Check for Check Virtual Summit 2022 titled ACE Accessible Community Education. What is the idea behind the entire uh, you know, facet of going ahead with accessible community education. It's a very simple principle that you know I have gone ahead and seen throughout my life is that when it comes down to upskilling, uh, most of the times you go ahead and you see that it is only a chosen few that are able to go ahead and enjoy this. But what I felt that when it comes down to education or skill development, it should not be just for the chosen few. It should be there for everyone. When the pandemic hit, a few facts that I went ahead and uh, have pasted here for, for you. These are the latest figures. And in uh, it simply says that in 2025, it is anticipated that the global e-market would be worth $325 billion. 
And if you look at e-learning, it increases the retention rates by 25 to 60% depending on the type of skill set that you are imparting. And mobile learning or m-learning, it could reach 80.1 billion worldwide by 2027. And self-paced learning is supposed to grow at a, a compound average growth rate of 8.2%. E-learning is that the corporate e-learning market could increase by 38.09 billion in the next few years. And corporate e-learning, it takes 40 to 60% less time to complete when compared to traditional. That only 1% of the population has taken an online course. Very simple. Training, which is there, skill-based or otherwise, where it becomes simplified and you have learners who can imbibe it and can go ahead and practice it. So make trainings a viable option for learners with respect to curriculum and cost. More often than not, uh, a person like me, I am also interested in new learnings, but more often than not, you go ahead and you find that the cost for a certain skill set uh, is very exorbitant. And that becomes a major deterrent when it comes down to actually going ahead and signing up for a course. So if we can go ahead and make this as a viable option, chances are that there would be more takers and they would actually benefit. And last but not the least, collaborate on ventures which provide mutual satisfaction and revenue. We are all here. Again, uh, like I go ahead and say, yes, we are here for the society. We're here to give to the community, but then uh, it cannot all be charity. We are here and it is uh, to keep our home fires burning at the same time, but making sure that when it comes down to a viable option, we are the first. Our vision is very, very simple. Uh, uh, through the use of training and skill development services, we hope to alter our society by creating consensus and competent worldwide, and we are sharing that with you as well. The, the mission, again, is very simple. The inclusion of skill development in college curricula. Now, more often than not, you find that you have so many colleges, you have them there, and they have the audience. What happens and when I go for campus to corporate, I find most of them are actually lacking in the basic skills. So yes, they might be good on the subject, but the subject alone does not go ahead and give them the desired job. You need to have a set of people skills along with it, which includes, you know, communication, which includes, you know, teamwork. I can go on and on, which are sadly missing. So most often than not, uh, more often than not, what you find is that when people, they sit for these interviews, they are asked questions about the subject and they are hired from there. When these people, they come into the corporate world, uh, it is like chalk and cheese there because what they've learned and the practical knowledge that they uh, have to assimilate at that point in time, it just does not match. And most of them, they feel that they, they have not made the right career move. So if we go ahead and we make available, you know, high quality, you know, long or short term courses, which go ahead and help them when it comes down to their soft skills, the people skills, chances are that they would be better equipped when they go ahead with campus to corporate interviews and anywhere in the world, you have colleges and once you have the final year students, they are going to be the optimum audience. But those colleges, they actually need to know how to go about it and people like us we can actually be change evangelists and go ahead and let them know the difference that we can make to their final prop of students 
the assurance of career progression that satisfies trainees' expectations is what we would like to go ahead with. They do not feel cheated at any point in time, or they feel that it is the same run of kind mill kind of a thing that they've already heard before. So we want to go ahead and try and do things a little different. Uh, one of the main key areas that we are currently working on as we speak is we are looking out for, uh, you know, uh, colleges and universities where we can go ahead and enroll them in our learning partners program and to ensure that we can go ahead and start a courseware for them, which, you know, entails their second and finally. And they hit the campus to corporate uh, interviews. They are well versed with the desired skills apart from the subject that they have gone ahead and gained proficiency in. So the service that we want to give is that we give the learners what they expect from a course. Improve the training experience, incentivize learners, promote a learning culture. So what we at Check for Check are doing is that for every uh, training that we do, A, we go ahead and we provide them with a courseway. So immaterial of whatever subject that we might be training them on, there is a courseway or a handbook that we go ahead and we give it to them. Point number two is once we finish off with any training that we do, there is an end of course assessment. Once they pass that assessment, we give them something which is known as a certificate of achievement. We just hope that, you know, you have a good time today. It's not about going ahead, uh, you know, with just about education or training. If you are from diverse fields, just go ahead and give us your learnings with technology uh, over there as a booster. I'm sure that, you know, whatever you go ahead and tell us today, it is going to be of immense value. So that being said, uh, thank you so much. And we'll go ahead and get the summit started. Time introduction, Joanna, and uh, really appreciate uh, Ranjit and Jennifer for inviting me for this uh, summit. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, so the part of my my presentation, I, will, I don't have slides and all to show, but uh, I would rather talk about it is about the simple thing which these days students as well as professionals forget is to tell their story. Everything right now is about story, how you're going to put your story, how you're going to tell your story, how you're going to be showcasing your story, whether it's on social media, whether it's on television, whether it's writing. Uh, everybody wants to know your story what has built my career stories is what i think is missing uh, that that missing link where in the case where they were living to now every day you're putting some story uh when you when you put it on your instagram stories or reels those are also stories so for the the whole evolution of writing stories on stone to writing stories on instagram is just about telling your story why is it so important to tell your story? I will give examples and I will only talk about from the industry I am in. Every big director or every big producer, whoever makes a movie or a TV show, their first movie which does really well or make them known are the stories which is personal to them and they know the most. And that is one of the reasons why Every big director has told their personal story in their first film or in their first series because they know it best, because they can visualize it much better, whether, uh, you know, what they have gone through in the childhood or what they've gone through in their, in their grown-up stage, they can 
articulate it much better than writing any fictional stuff. Even if they're writing fictional stuff, they need to know something of, of that fiction from their personal experiences in their life. So it has to be that person. You need to tell your story. It needs, you need to tell your stories because it connects you with the with your audience, with your business associates, with, with your clients. And it gives you that kind of, uh, you know, comfort level that when you when you tell your own story, the other person listening to it connects with you at some point. And then it makes it easy for him to start the conversation, to give you the feedback, to you know, uh, ask more questions and familiarize themselves with, with, with the kind of uh, experiences you have or you had. That's, that's part of what I do. And that's what part of, uh, of uh, uh, going forward, I can bring on the table and uh, to help you know, uh, new courses, new learnings, and uh, how we can, we can come together and tell a great story. Are entrepreneurs born or made? A very fascinating topic, right? So just the agenda for today's or this afternoon or this morning, depending where you're from, or this and also an author and writer. But the main thing is I'm passionate about education, sustainability, and innovation. Right. So and I continually build businesses in the area of education and innovation. Another business that I've built recently is called Asia Venture Lab, which essentially is uh, an innovation. Um, uh, so my question is, how much do you know about entrepreneurship? So are entrepreneurs born or made? What do you think? Think about that for a moment. Well, whilst 42% of entrepreneurs say they uh, launched their first venture during childhood, right, that's a that's a key thing um, because some people discover entrepreneurship really early in their lives. Others tend to um, discover it later on. But what we do know is we don't know, right? So the question is, are they born or made? We're still not certain. But what I want to do is I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that and explain and explain that as well. Think are the key factors for success as an entrepreneurial business owner. Some people say a range of things like optimism, curiosity, resilience, discipline, creativity, network, self-awareness, execution, communication, grit, capital, emotional intelligence, passion. The list just goes on and on and on and on. But for my research, there are two primary factors. The first one is, and this is the reality, you are more likely to succeed as an entrepreneur if you have rich parents. All right. So this goes against intuitive thinking that um, essentially that anyone can be an entrepreneur. Yes, anyone can be an entrepreneur, but we're talking about the reality of more likely to succeed. Now, the question, of course, why is that? Right. So, so it comes back to a couple of things. First of all, when you have rich parents, you're more inclined to take a larger risk because you have a fallback position. So, so you take a risk and then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. You, you, you don't fall into a hole. 
The second thing is our rich parents, they will also, I guess, um, will be able to give you a network and open opportunities for you. And the third thing um, it's important to understand is when you have a fallback position, you can run a business that's not making money for a lot longer than other people. So then uh, you can actually outlive other people. In other words, you're not eating ramen noodles like most people would if they're starting a business. So you're a little bit more comfortable and you've, you've got a safer space to work with. All right. The second primary reason that you are likely to succeed if you are an entrepreneur is if your parents have had a business before. Right. If they might have a business or had had a business. The question, of course, why? Well, the main reason is you will can live through your parents and, and see uh, the mistakes they made or maybe how they did things. So you can actually learn. And what we tend to find is that people, the parents that have a business will encourage their children to have businesses as well. Most parents would say to their children, get a job and get a good job and be professional. Or even the worst parents would say, go get a government job. Right. So, but that's not the reality these days. With even government jobs, I know here in Australia, they're all contract jobs. So, gone are the days where you work for the government, you can't get sacked for 30 years. Now it's like you're on three year contracts, and if you don't perform, you're out. Right. So, there is no safety. Right. And, and being safety is actually, well, being safe is actually being risky. All right. So, interesting, um, these, these two primary reasons. However, how we're saying that, of course, it doesn't mean you can't be successful. It just means these two factors uh, allow you to become like more. So the question, of course, can you learn entrepreneurship? Now, I've done a master's in this. And again, um, the, the, the whole idea was, can entrepreneurship be taught or are you born an entrepreneur? Well, this is quite interesting in my research, what I've discovered, right? Well, whilst entrepreneurship skills can be taught, the research suggests that the desire or drive to be an entrepreneur is usually not. All right, so anyone can do a course in entrepreneurship, get educated in that area, but it doesn't necessarily make you an entrepreneur. All right, so let's be clear. It seems as though the enterprising spirit must be discovered within the individual and not developed by the individual experience. So like I was saying earlier on with the lemonade stand, some children come along and discover this early that might be encouraged by the parents to do this. Uh, some people discover this later and they might be working in an industry. They might have an idea. They might go to their boss. The boss says, no, we don't want the idea. Then they spin off their idea. So it just comes through various, um, various stages in life. Some people do it really young. Some people uh, do it in their mid age, some people do it in the old age, some people never do it at all because what they want to do is have a say coming up. The other question, of course, does education increase chances of entrepreneurial success? The answer simply is no. So I guess uh, a firm with increased education based human capital is more likely to create employment for others and obtain higher levels for profit once established as a young firm. However, an educated workforce does not increase the likelihood of an enterprise's survival. Now, the question, of course, is does that surprise you at all? So are entrepreneurs young and energetic? This might surprise many people. No. Right. The number of founders over 50 was twice as large as that of under 25. 
Again, why do you think that's the case? Well, simply it's because people that have experience might want to go on to start their own business. All right. Typically, people under 25, they're still trying to figure it out. They, you know, they're going to university. And just a final note. Now is the best time in recent history to start an enterprise. The question, of course, is why everyone's talking about recession and all this, all this sort of stuff. Well, there are various reasons. There's less competition and everyone is waiting or trying to figure it out. So people are sitting on the on scratching their heads or sitting on their hands, trying to look at other people to try and work it out. And due to the changes, we are seeing new windows of opportunity opening every single day. So I believe that pandemic is a blessing in disguise, professionally speaking, instead of being sorry for myself since my business of dressing up clients had stopped. It gave me the time to reinvent myself and think of new ideas how to reach out to greater audience for prospective clients after the pandemic. So um, um, this is how I made myself for me to be visible in the social media and taking all the advantage and possibilities to be visible in any platform that I could be so that the people, um, my clients, my friends, even the community in the social media would always see me there alive and kicking <laughs> uh, because a lot of designers during that this time they shifted to other jobs sometimes uh, some of them they went landed to cooking some of them landed to like uh, um, other means of business for them to twenty mental models to master economics the official title is 20 mental models for entrepreneurs to master economics. But honestly, I couldn't get it on one slide. So what I'm going to talk to you about here is a couple of mental models uh, so that you can understand what, how you can use that in a practical everyday way. Mm. Uh, by the way, so um, my, my contact details are at the bottom of the slide. So if you want to get in touch with me, you have my email address, Okay. Or you can contact Melvin, Melvin Phillips on check for checks or of course you can connect to Jennifer, Jennifer Bautista. So uh, let's start with this thing about economics and the perception of economics is that it's a complete boring stuff that is theoretical hocus pocus that 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 only applies to government or top bankers or whatever kind of wizards. And you can't use it in everyday life. And they like to talk about economics through mental models, um, through, through mathematical formula. So, which is why I put here um, my own little mathematical formula. By the way, by the way, I studied quantitative economics, so I went through the whole stack of mathematics myself. Which brings us to this, to a very basic example of the of the 80-20 rule or the Pareto principle. So it's called 80-20 or Pareto principle. So what does that mean? That is a famous mental model. If you don't know it, no worries, I'll explain it to you. Um, it was discovered by a man, an Italian guy, <coughs> Vilfredo Pareto. Um, he's an engineer and a an, um, sociologist. And so he was planting seeds in his garden in Italy. And then he discovered that actually out of all the 
the vegetables and the fruits that he could grow, okay, 80% came from 20% of the seeds that he planted. And so the rest was not as effective. Then he started to, to extrapolate that to other parts of his business. And eventually he discovered that 80% of your success is generated by only 20% of your inputs. When we discuss a learning management system, typically one would be talking about somebody that would be studying for a degree or something higher. And obviously it's a useful tool to have because uh, it can save you time, it saves you money. And it allows the, the individual to prioritize their learning process, which is key because I think if you doing online, uh, any online training or course, and you're not limited to the time, the task will always expand to the time that you give it. And so a learner can become tired and bored with what they're studying and they look for the next shining. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess um, from my pers perspective, I've come from education background where learning management systems are part of the, um, I guess, the, the whole structure. And I myself use one. Um, I use Thinkific platform as a learning management system. And it allows, you know, I guess, one to, to, to structure um, your courses really in an efficient manner. So one of the things, of course, is you've got a whole bunch of information and, and, and knowledge is, is that how do you structure it most effectively? Um, in relation to the question earlier, I would like to say that education is a matter of impartation. Because uh, lately, I, since I was a student and when I became a professor and administrator, I noticed that education is always being treated as a commodity. It's always being treated um, limited to products as well alone but we have to understand that this is not just about sharing information or giving details which the internet can also provide right but mm -hmm. when you talk about the whole education process it is more of impartation so we impart who we are we're not it's not just what we share to the people or the words but it's also who we are as a person Welcome back, everyone. We'd like to acknowledge our partner. Our... All right, so there you go, dear viewers. We've seen the first part of the highlights, key highlights of the Check for Check Virtual Summit 2022. So when we come back after the break, we'll again see some of the speakers, which include um, Alan Stevens, also Her Excellency, Dr. Monica Grant, and Angelo Ortega. So let's, we will listen to them later when we come back.
Greenfield District. The Future Ready District. Home to Greenfield Tower with its state-of-the-art fiber optic internet backbone. Connectivity is built right into residences like Twin Oaks Place. 15 flourishing hectares right at the heart of Metro Manila so that at work and at play, we can plant a future where dreams grow. Greenfield District, the future ready district. The new channel is an alternative new media platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging, authentic, and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Thank you so much, dear viewers, for always supporting Stories from the Fringe. You can watch us live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at a new channel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. So earlier we saw some of the key highlights of the Check for Check Virtual Summit 2022, which was slated or held last November 29, 2022. Now, we go to the second part. Uh, we have International Profiling and Communication Specialist Alan Stevens from Australia sharing how to lead your clients and staff for greater and faster profits. While Lana Lee's Roy from South Africa, as the audience is emotional, intelligence and creative intelligence, the new currency for entrepreneurs. Meanwhile, the panelists, Ed Leong, a an exponential digital transformation uh, consultant, Paul Debro of the Debro Collective, Lana Roy, CEO of Goats to Unicorns, and myself, share the benefits of becoming an exponential organization and how company owners can begin their transformational journey. The panel moderator was Martha Mock, the founder and director of Super Confidence Coaching. Earlier, we also listened as John Guarnes, a global fashion designer and the CEO of John Guarnes Atelier, shared how we can reinvent ourselves and explore limitless possibilities despite setbacks. At the same time, IT consultant and founder 
Chief Technology Officer of Compris Technologies AG, Thomas Fowetter, gave an analysis of the top problems on Earth and a proposal of a solution that can resolve them all and how to improve education. Also, Her Excellency Dr. Monica Grant from New York City, USA, highlighted that we can leverage technology for good. And Angelo Ortega, the Sherpa of Retodomas Cuinco, based in Chile, said that we can, yes, we can combine ecotourism in the fourth industrial revolution, helping people become closer to nature and to God. So let's see the second part of this virtual summit. Welcome back, everyone. We'd like to acknowledge our partner organizations, Alan Stevens Human Pattern Recognition, BCF Coaching Academy, Compris Technologies AG, Creatives 2, Economics in Action, Educator.life, First Services, Game to Unite Incorporated, Goats to Unicorns, International Center Rancagua, John Garnes Atelier, Retrodomas Coinsco, Rotary Passport Club of Social Entrepreneurs, Super Confidence Coaching, The Devers Collective, The New Channel, The New Nation, The Paseo Group, and Yes Tech U. We appreciate your support. Our next speaker will show us how to read your clients and staff for greater, faster profits. A little bit of my background, I'll go through this very quickly because it'll add to what I'm going to be talking about because some of what I'm going to be showing you, you may think it sounds a little bit woo-woo, a little bit strange, a little bit out there. But I want to give this explanation to show you that this is all based in science. I've worked, as uh, uh, Mima was saying before, with the Federal Police, the Tax Office, Disney Films and Gillette. It's all about uh, uncovering what makes people tick to be able to build stronger relationships with people. As mentioned, I'm also a director on the Business of Smiles and I'm the creator of the hashtag We Together and the Campfire Project. The Campfire Project is a safe place for men and women to be able to come to and share their stories. Now, one of the things is with that, when people come in and share their stories, because they've never had anybody listen to them before, they're coming in quite vulnerable. And for them to open up and to share the story of their life or what they've been through, it really needs to be a protected space for them. But to be able to connect with somebody really quickly is imperative for them to feel comfortable enough to open up. In four years now, we've had over 530 hours of conversations and not once has anybody uh, pulled back. They've all opened up and told their stories. And in the panel discussions, when we brought the people together, not once have they, um, has there been any bigotry, sexism or racism. And we've got all genders, all cultures and all religions in there. So everything that I do is about building relationships. Didn't do it in a way that you needed to. And the lesson in life is to always learn what can I learn from that mistake and not to repeat it. Because if you don't and you do it in the same way, all that will happen is that you will fail again and you will fail and fail until you actually realize what the universe is teaching us. So... In the 20th century, the struggle was around exploitation. So what you knew 
was what allowed you to um, conduct business or, or be able to climb up the ladder of success. And it was generally what you knew and who you knew was your measure of success. The 21st century now is changing and we're using more of a formula where how are you adaptable? How adaptable are you in this 21st century? And now it's not just made up of what you know, it's around how you know it, around how creative you are, and also what spiritual, um, what spiritualness you bring into your life. And what is going to happen now if you are not adaptable? So if you are rigid and you say, this is the way I've done it, and this is the way I'm always going to do it, and this is the way that you will do it because that's what I told you, you will start to become part of a class known as irrelevance. Transformation really um, crosses over together. And at the end of the day, they speak about a focus on the customer, right? the idea of uh, you know the the fourth industrial revolution the, the speed and the volume of information that's um become available now is driving a shift in consumer behavior right? the idea of you have a facebook app you can communicate and connect with your friends through an app you're getting all this information almost instantaneously and that's driving a shift in um in uh, customer expectations and so they take that from uh, one area of their life, and they, they they then expect that in other areas of their lives. So, you know, that instantaneous um, aspect, you know, for example, comes about, um, you know, even now in, um, you know, in the way that we watch movies. I mean, look at Netflix, right? Mm. Who goes down to the DVD store anymore? Yeah. yeah. That's great. That actually lead up me up to my next question. You have explained a few of them, like Lefix, Spotify. Um, like, what are some of the top example that are for exponential organization? Who is one of the leaders in that field mm. at the moment? In your words, uh, let me ask Paul first. So I think the ones that uh, certainly come to, to mind in terms of what they've done, you know, Google is usually front of mind. Uh, you know, uh, I love what TEDx have done. And a lot of it really comes down to, you know, talking about, um, you know, their purpose and how important that is. And I know that's come up again in some of the previous presentations today. You know, Google's being about organising the world's information. You know, it, it's, it's a great... Uh, sort of north star for everyone the business and if you look at the acquisitions they've made and what they've done with the business it all comes back to that purpose of how they look to organize the world's information and if i if i stop with uh, just tedx as well how uh how that business actually trans transformed uh, when it was acquired by changing its purpose to ideas worth sharing which i think resonates with with everyone and you know, uh, has enabled them to, you know, truly become an exponential organisation in how they've grown the business. So, yeah, a lot of it is with those examples, I'm sure the others got plenty to, to talk to as well, is really coming back to, you know, having that, having, the, having that strong uh, and real clear purpose. 
Like I have been sitting here for a while and listening to all of you, and I just feel like the energy is pumping. I feel the purpose. I feel the mindset. I feel the trust. I feel the heart into it, and it's beautiful. So our last questions to all of you is that: Can you share the possible future for your prospect industry, such as education, technology, or business coaching? What can you share for us the possible future of the EXO in that area? Um, let's start with. I'm going to sure. I'm going to quote uh, a specific uh, aspect of technology. I think that it's going to be um, huge in the in the coming years, and that's around um, blockchain and Web three. Mm. Um, that, that's uh, distinct from just talking about EXO. And what we're talking about is a, 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 another level of disintermediation. So when the internet first came out, right, the uh, internet eliminated the middleman, like allowing buyers and sellers to to trade directly on the internet. I think um, the uh, you know coming uh, implications of blockchain and web tourism. Um, it's a maximally ethical socio-economic model, a capitalism upgrade towards a high-tech future of abundance, solving the biggest challenges. Um, so, and we think this is quite unique regarding several criteria, um, which is probably the first concept to, to solve all the bigger problems. And um, just a book came out about the, the 10 worst problems by um, a US economics process, uh, professor, and he, he sees 10 of these problems as, uh, that we also see as the top, as the top 10 problems, but we are in, in alignment. As many people as possible contribute to science and accelerate it. First by educating people to the, the maximum, then using psychology to make them collaborate better and understand each other's issues better. Um, uh, to make it simple. Um, and we're having this conversation on what is Giving Tuesday in America. And so I'm not really sure if that is now a thing everywhere else, but um, it is Giving Tuesday, and this is where nonprofits go out of their way to get the rest of our money before uh, the year is up, because the year is up. Um, and I, I remember growing up, it wasn't a thing. I think maybe within the last five years, Giving Tuesday has kind of adopted the Black Friday after Thanksgiving ways. And, um, you know, in America, it's always a reason to get our money before Christmas. So <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. If people are giving out money, you know, might as well get it while the getting good. Because, you know, in January, you know, things get very tight. So um, today is Giving Tuesday. We're going to be talking about philanthropy and giving and how we can utilize technology to do that. I created a slide. It's not necessarily more important than the speech, but if it can come up, it might be helpful just to have a visual. Um, but it's not the all for the good Tuesday. And so what does that mean? It means in the world, people want to give. Um, we can look at just how the world has evolved. There is a, an extreme amount of prosperity in this world today. Yes, we still have poverty. Yes, we still have violence. Yes, we still have war. But it has really decreased, um, surprisingly, because of the benefits of capitalism. We hear a lot about the negative impacts of capitalism. Um, greedy billionaires and, and environmental challenges that do exist and are extremely real. But through the positive side of capitalism, 
you've had institutions being built, hospitals being built, uh, education being pursued that has advanced um, many nations. And so right now in the world, we do experience a great amount of abundance and prosperity um, in what is now known as first world countries, right? And, and we want to help develop, developing and emerging. We're also opening up to any questions or comments and uh, we can just flow from there. I know we're on a tight schedule and I love this program. I really like what you've done here and going, but uh, thank you again for your time. And you know, it's always a pleasure to be with like minds and kindred spirits. Same here, same here. Thank you so much, H.E. Uh, Dr. Monica Graham, Angela Ortega. Thank you very much for the energy. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you for having me here. Um, my name is Angelo. I'm super happy to meet you here. I, I know that all of you are spread for all over the world, which is super sweet and fun. Um, I don't know how to, how can I start, but let me tell you something about what we are doing right now, because basically I'm working in different uh, process. Uh, my main role is like an action man, you know, I can make this thing happen. And I'm not just um, creating a slide and, uh, or organizing uh, or planning. Um, I like to build, you know. Um, the, uh, the thing that you are seeing behind me is uh, a structure called SOM. Um, we start uh, building domes at least for almost six years. But the first dome that we did, it was made it for us as family. And it was 12 meter diameter dome. It's a huge structure. Um, it was handmade. Let's say we built it with um, our family, my kid, my wife, me, my daughter, my dogs, my father, everyone who was connected with, uh, with us in terms of subordinates. Um, but after the lockdown, um, or during the, the lockdown and between the, the COVID process, uh, uh, we were talk, uh, we were discussing some possibilities about the this new um, trend, which is, is 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 the kind of the sixth trend, <laughs> how we can deal with the sickness and what we can do during that process, you know, <laughs> because everyone is it was locked. We are locked. No one can produce anything at all. And we discuss that and say, all right, what we can do. We are owning um, beautiful land. Thanks God for that. Uh, it's 5,000 square meter. And we are living in almost 500 square meter. And what are we going to do with that? Well, let's make some domes. And we did it. And let me share you the screen. Can I share this, this screen, right? Yeah, all right. Um, and let me share you the, the, the LinkedIn, sorry, the Instagram. Um, um, at the beginning, uh, it was nothing. I mean, last year we started with this project, uh, nothing happened in terms of the place we just start with this 10 and this 10 can you see my screen right no mm -hmm. can you say all right um 
we bought we bought this this tent. Uh, it was we made the the deck, and then let's see what's happening. You know, we put it on booking, we put it on Airbnb, and then a lot of people coming to the place. <laughs> then uh, at the beginning of this year, we start this other structure, which is a uh, the sum. Then a lot of people again. And a friend of mine gave me this jacuzzi. It's an external jacuzzi, and say this jacuzzi is for you, Angelo. Maybe you will be more useful for you. Then more people coming again, and we are now thinking in the idea um, how we can um, share that in in a way that we can um, grow fund this project for different kind of people, you know. And we are evaluating this platform that is called Onco. Uh, on co is a is one of the ways that you can create a, a co ownership, you know, um, because sometimes uh, people minds is everything for me, all for me, education for me, uh, business for me, money for me, me 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 is is super self sufficient, self 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 development and self all. Therefore, is we are having a connection, a good relation with God and. God provide us enough for a living, enough for for everything that we need. You know? And um, that's one of the other side of the person that need to be developed, and is the spiritual side of the entrepreneurial condition. You know, because mostly everything is centralizing in human development. You know, and and part of the human de development is is your mind, your heart. But your relation with something uh, or someone who is more is more than you, <laughs> because when you are don't, don't ha not having enough forces for finishing this project, uh, you cannot um, do it uh, uh, with that. You know, is is our key. Um, during this time, we are researching and uh, different activity for for growing, and also I'm. I'm I'm um, leading a language school um, where where we are teaching uh, people for free, you know, for free. And how you can teach people people for free is is difficult because all people have to be covered, you know. Uh, you have to pay the bill, you have to pay the water, you have to pay the electricity, you have to pay the rent, pay the score, for uh, everything. Everything is being is being uh, that's mutated. <laughs> Angelo, to be honest, or Angelo, to be honest, I was really touched as well. It was a really beautiful initiative and hoping that a lot of us can, you know, have the same initiative as we move on to the next chapters of our lives. Our keynote speakers, our resource feature speakers, moderators, and hosts for selflessly sharing their time, their talent, and effort in making this event a meaningful and impactful experience. We really appreciate you, which gives me hope that this interconnectedness that we began here is just the beginning to co-create more massively life-changing collaborative projects at this critical time of digital disruption. So together as a community of thinkers and doers, we solve the most pressing problems our world faces today and bring hope to millions. Thank you once again and ad maiorem de gloria.
thumbs up the check for check virtual summit 2022 it was a very meaningful and impactful summit experience you can uh, follow check for check on facebook and also on from their website checkforcheck.com it is also available in linkedin just search check for check Thank you all so much, dear viewers, for being here with us. Thank you once again for deciding to spend your Thursday afternoon with Stories from the Fringe. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening, depending where you are in the world. And we shall see you again next Thursday, December 8th, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time for another episode of Stories from the Fringe. God bless everyone.